0: Hey middle-aged gamers, welcome back to another podcast and look, our French brother from another mother is back from his vacation slash work As he worked in France and also had a holiday So we're very glad to have him back Lots of news going on, games coming out, graphics card questions Questions about Activision Microsoft, which I'm not gonna answer He's going to answer just now Stay tuned, grab some popcorn, but probably not at 9am in the morning if you're in Taiwan maybe in the night, sit back, relax, listen Get everything you need to know for the week and then move on with your day. So as usual let's start on with that. Let's start with Antoine's story first.
1: Yes and as you said so I'm gonna start with the Activision Blizzard because this is a series which I've been running for a while now and it has to come to a very quick end. Why? For Microsoft to buy Blizzard they need to add the agreement of Europe, UK, US. Europe said yes. UK said no. US said no. Maybe the FTC said not so much. They were not so happy about it and threatened to delay the deal. And there's a judge, a lady called Jacqueline Scott Colley, which ultimately ruled in favor of Microsoft and said it's okay, go ahead. So US are okay with it. Now CMA, which is the UK Commission, says okay, bosses are okay. We are okay to start negotiating with you. So that was completely against it. And they need to be quick because for me, we are July 11th. And each CD is not broken by July 18th, Microsoft will need to pay Blizzard $3 billion of canceling the agreement. Therefore, they need to wrap it up in seven days.
0: And it's frozen late today. So
1: let's say six
0: days. Why would they pay the money? I'm curious if they're not going to cancel. If they're not going to cancel them, they can just Resuming They have to pay the money because. The law canceled it, is that what it was, I'm not thinking, sure it works, but it's a shippable breakup fee. They call it
1: breakup free.
2: It It was part of the contract to say it has to be done by this date. You can't just draw it out forever. So they put like a a term saying like, it has to be done by this date. And if it's not done by that date, then, you know, you have to pay basically the money. This
0: is like a breakup. It's just like, oh, you didn't go, you didn't push this deal through. So then you have to pay money.
2: So the assumption is you can't draw us out forever. So if by this date, we're assuming you're canceling it, so you would have to pay us this money, the same amount of money you would have to pay if you had canceled, basically.
0: Oh, okay, got it. So I I was confused. I thought this was like a cancellation fee, but they're never gonna cancel because this is too beneficial for them.
2: Yeah, it it is a cancellation fee, but it's because they were expecting to be done by this point. And what's also worth noting is that the originally they have to, it takes, I think, two days to get the deal through or something like that. And the worry was that if, even if they got the, the go ahead, there wouldn't be enough time to get the deal done and then they would have to do it anyway. But the judge actually, because originally you, you have to wait a certain amount of time before you, after the court date, before they could actually apply. But then the judge actually moved that time forward. So now they can't they they can do it before 11.59 p.m. on July 14th. So they have the 15th, the 16th, the 17th, and I guess the 18th. They have a four-day window, and they have to do the deal in that time. But originally, that window wasn't big enough. So the judge opened up the window a little bit bigger for them. I get
1: the, the whole channel banned. We start talking about corruptions and political political braiding. No, I don't think so. Ah.
2: Well, we all yeah, you're talking about the judge's son.
1: I'm not saying there was. I'm just saying paying three billion breakup and paying a few people around. Anyway.
2: Yeah, there are also people pointing out that the son of the judge is a Microsoft employee. Oh, yeah. Chase. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> So people were questioning, like, why is the, that seem suspicious? But it seems to me that if that had been an issue, you would have thought that the FTC would have brought it up when it, when she was originally selected and been like, this judge is biased. We need a different judge. So the fact that they didn't do that, I would assume that they were okay with it.
0: So. We trust audits and complaints. And just to add a number on hand, like Microsoft, as of March of this year, had $104 billion in the bank, as in cash on hand. So them paying a $3 billion breakup fee and then saying okay, take two, let's do this again, is not a big deal at all. And uh, let's talk about money. Of course,
1: the Blizzard shares completely went through the roof, but with an eleven percent market
2: today. Nice. Yeah. Not surprising at all. Yeah, no.
0: Oh, the whole FTC stuff is interesting. So if you're not American, right, you would know, you would know that the current chairman of the FTC is the Democrats, Alina Khan. She's a very smart lady showed a bunch of papers when she was a professor at Yale Law saying that big tech is a cancer in society and Microsoft, of course, is big tech. And so she's been going after everybody, Facebook, Google, etc. cetera. And again, me being a left-leaning liberal, I'm totally on board with it, except for this case, because I I think Microsoft should own Activision Blizzard. But. So yeah, no. so she's, and a lot of the things that are happening at the moment, legally speaking in the States with regards to the FTC. People have been criticizing because actually she is a lawyer by profession, but she's never ever practiced people saying, oh my God, this is amazing, smart woman, but she has no experience in the courtroom. And that is is another sort of criticism of the current ongoing, not just this legal case, but other legal cases as well. Okay. And then with that story over, let's go on to Adam's first story, which I'm curious what it is.
2: Okay, actually this was going to be my first story, but I let Antoine have it cuz you know, he needs stories. Oh, sorry about no, it's fine. I I was kind of like I'm a PlayStation guy. I don't know if I can do an unbiased opinion on this. So I'm going to So I was very happy when you took it off my hands, <laughs> to be honest. But no, my my story is going to be Exo Primal, which is coming out on the 14th. So that's in 2 days. Exo Primal is a game where you are fighting as people wearing exo suits. If you're familiar with something like Samus or the Kerberos soldiers from, I can't remember the name of that anime or manga. But anyway, you have an exosuit and you're going to be fighting against dinosaurs. So this is made by Capcom. Obviously, people are going to be comparing it to Monster Hunter, but Capcom said they wanted a different kind of monster game. And that was part of the reason why they went with dinosaurs this time as opposed to dragons and that sort of thing, because they thought, hey, you know what? It's just really interesting to see people at the peak of their technology facing off against nature at the peak of its ferocity and that just seems like an interesting concept, so they went with that. The way the game plays is it's two teams of I believe five people. You are put in your arena or your level or whatever, your mission, and you are given different objectives. Sometimes your objectives are gonna put pit you against the other team. Sometimes the objectives are going to require the teams to work together, but they're gonna have things like defend the target, take out as many dinos as you can. I think there's five or six different modes, And as you go through the mission, these modes are going to be changing up, so you're going to be changing your objectives, and then at the end, whichever team performs better is obviously the winner. As you go through, you're going to gain experience, which is going to allow you to unlock new exos, so the exos in this case are basically like your classes. You have like your shield class, you have your sniper class, you have your kind of magic casting class, that sort of thing. And then also, it will allow you to unlock new missions, new levels. So, the further you go and the higher level you get, you can basically progress through the game. So, there is going to be at least some level of story element to it. So, yeah, this game seems to be popular in the sense of interest. People are like, oh, mechs fighting dinosaurs, that's cool. So, yeah, I figured why not talk about it?
1: That in the same vibe as a Warframe, or?
2: Yeah, I was yeah. looking at it. I originally thought that this was going to be kind of like an Anthem-like thing, but the more I look at it, it looks more like maybe something between Battleborn and Overwatch and if you've played Killzone, they have the Warzone mode. It seems a lot like the Warzone mode in a lot of ways. So I, I think probably the closest would be a, like a Battleborn cross between their multiplayer and their... or. Across cross between their mission-based levels and their VP levels. So they, they call this PVE is what they're calling it, player versus environment. So and so you said it's coming out what, next week? It's coming out in the 14th, so in two days.
1: PS5, PC, everywhere?
2: PS5, PC, and Xbox. Everywhere except Switch.
1: Maybe
0: it'd be too graphic demanding.
2: I would assume so. I would assume that would be the thing.
0: Yeah, I've been aware of this for a few months because one of my favorite Australian YouTubers, he covered this, he was like, this is pretty cool, pretty fun. I guess he was worried about the longevity of this kind of game, right? Because there is so much competition in the space and this is doing a lot of like interesting stuff, but is it enough to keep you going? And, and then there's also the downside, like I've complained to you guys, it's the reason I stopped playing Warframe, was that Warframe kept on giving you new stuff and while the basics were the same, right, okay, every few months, maybe two, three months, you got a new Warframe, maybe once a year, you got two or three new old frames. And that was wonderful. And then the system started building on top of each other, and the complexity on top of complexity and top of complexity. And that's kept some people engaged, but at the same time, it's lost people. I think even this, like this started off as a closed beta and we got some videos on YouTube and people were like, really, really fun. And then it went to old beta. I'm like, this hasn't changed that much. And they were like, they were hoping for something to indicate what is the roadmap for this game? I think if you're going to buy it, you should definitely keep that in mind. But as a middle-aged gamer, this is going to be a, like a one-and-done deal.
2: Yeah, the way that seem to be, I don't think they're going to have systems on systems like Warframe. It seems like they're doing a season system similar to Apex. So I think systems probably will be relatively simple, but yeah, I would worry about the longevity too, just because, like you said, there is a lot of competition in that market. And I feel like a lot of the attention is given to games that have a very heavy PvP focus. And this being a PvE, I wonder how popular it's going to be on things like streaming and stuff like that. And I I feel like streaming is really what kind of determines what's popular these days, just because people want to watch it. And what people are watching, people say, I want to play that. And if, if this one doesn't have that same draw... Because when you're playing against another player, there's a much higher level of skill level that you're going to need than if you're playing against the computer usually. So I think because of that, PvP is typically as a bigger draw. So yeah, I would worry about the longevity for it as well. But I'm sure it'll do fine in the beginning.
0: And you make a good point as well. I think back to games like Warframe and The Division as well. When Warframe came out, not when it came out, like maybe halfway through its like open beta cycle. There were a decent number of Warframe YouTubers. Division was the same, Division 1, Division 2. But as you mentioned, Adam, like, the downside of this, and Antoine's talked about this as well, like, he's made the really good point that, like, which is what Adam just made, is that as a PvP person, streaming is definitely draws in the card. But, like, these sort of PV games, look at what Phil's producing in terms of Diablo content, right? hey, here's this map, go and find this place, this hidden place, that sort of stuff. And that's what you're stuck with as a content creator making. And Adam would know that as well, right? oh videos and that sort of stuff, because uh, if you're PvP, right, this is the competitive element, this I'm really bad or I'm really good or I'm doing this challenge to get up the ranks to etc. right, right? There's all the stuff you can do as a PvP streaming person and it's almost like esports or competitive or like basketball, that sort of stuff. But like, I think one is like, engaging and the other one is like informative as far as content creation goes. So it's interesting, but I think there is like, uh, you're going to struggle to make content for this. And then by struggling for that, you're like, okay, this is too much effort as a content creator. I'm going to switch to another game. All right. And then we'll move on to my first story, which is a story I have talked about as well. And as I'm talking about this, I realized we should really organize all our disparate clips into, hey, this is this game. This is this game, etc. So my first story is going to be about Disney Illusion Island, which finally has a release date. It is coming out on July 28th. So if you're like really interested and you liked what we talked about it like a few months ago, yep, it's coming up in roughly two weeks. It is $40 pre-order. If you're in Australia as usual, I'm sorry, Australia, you have to pay 50 Australian dollars, which makes it even more expensive. But yeah, no, you can pre-order it on the Nintendo Switch store, the digital version, and on Amazon as well, and the GameSpot pretty much. Anyway, you want to buy a game, as usual, wonderful hand-drawn Disney art. You can be 40 years old like me and still like the way this game looks, how pretty it is. One of the cool things that I just found out about this game as well is that this offers like this really cool level of how much difficulty it get. So you can start off a level and say, okay, I'm pretty tired. I had a horrible day at work. I'm going to set my life to have five hearts, like in a typical 2D platform, right? So you can say, okay. I don't I want to play this the easy way today. Five hearts, six hearts, seven hearts. And you can customize your, I guess, loadout is probably the wrong word, but the way you want to play the game. And okay, today I'm going to be streaming on Twitch. I'm like one heart for every level. If I die, I'm dead. I have to restart the level. So that's one of the cool things for this game. So it's something. You yeah, know, I have not played anything else besides Valheim and Mobile Snap. For a while, and it looks like I'm not gonna be playing anything soon. I will probably pick this up on a sale. I'd love to play this immediately, but it's not gonna happen. I tried streaming this past weekend and failed horribly because I had no idea what's going on with Kick and haven't streamed in a while. So I'm gonna have to speak to Adam about tips about streaming again because my setup did not like streaming. But yeah, no, keep an eye out for this game. As I said, two weeks, so it is coming out. You know, it is it's guaranteed. Nintendo's got a release date, it's not gonna be changed in the next two weeks. If you're a person who loves beautiful art, even if you don't like 2D platformers, you should definitely consider this.
2: Yeah, I know you don't like platforming.
0: No, I haven't bought a fair number of games just because they're pretty. That's it. And I play it, I'm like, okay, God, this is too hard. You suck. Delete it. But I still like, will go back and say, hell, oh my God, oh, you're so shiny. I really feel like it
1: feels like it's such so a the nostalgia feeling because platformers like this, it's what we had. Lots of them uh, in our church. Turn- I was just thinking, yeah, a sword gym, like shit, this kind of game.
0: Commander Key. And I think this would be a great game for Antoine for you and your kids. Cause this is four player family. Like you can play it together as a family. So if you like your kids who are a bit into Disney and Disney Channel, I think this would be wonderful. Like I had kids. I'd like to play it just with them. It's strange to make me play Fortnite. All right. Let's move on to Antoine's
1: second story. All right. So we talked about it before in the, there the used to be with where kids, they want on to console one, you know, Nintendo and in the pc world this is kind of war if you would say as well it's nvidia fanboy versus amd right myself more fair to nvidia unfortunately it seems like i lost the point today because starfield and bethesda have an official partnership with amd and so they said that they optimized the game especially for amd they released on the amd website all the configurations that would work the best to, so I think, they top bar. So, sorry if I'm destroying the name, but AMD Radeon RX 7900 XT, AMD Radeon RX 6800 series. So that's basically what you're going to enjoy Starfield the most. It's okay if you're NVIDIA, I'm sure they're going to optimize for NVIDIA as well, because it's very agile. app card, especially the bigger your card, the easier it will be for you to play. One thing, though, which was mentioned is in this article, and that's something that I really like because we complained. We're worried about the fact that there's a thousand worlds pre-generated, and what's the point of having a thousand empty worlds, right? And then they say, or at least the other world said, this is going to be a mother's paradise. So, welcome back to Skyrim. You have a massive sandbox of a thousand planets for mothers. Enjoy, do whatever you want in, the, in space. That's basically the message which was thrown. Which means that I believe when you start the game on day one, your thousand planets might be a bit tacky. and you need to wait for a few months to wait for mothers work quicker. Definitely, a good mothers that work quick, but you might need to wait a bit, like Skyrim, six months, a year, maybe two. Before seeing some things which really add value to the game. And when you see what the models did with Skyrim, it's, it's a great news, but just know about this. And it's really great that they did all the way with models again. At least we know that we're going to talk about Starfield in another 10 years. What do you think, Adam?
2: Yeah, no, I don't know if the 1,000 planets is an advantage to modders because a modder could just add in their own planets anyway, right? You don't need 1,000 planets for modders to use them. They could have just been like, I'm adding, but you could have had 10 and they could be like, I'm adding an 11. But yeah, no, I think that's a good thing. I also think it's a catch-22 with the whole, uh, don't get it on release, wait for the modders to come out and then it's okay. But if nobody buys it on release, nobody's making mods. (laughs) Yeah, no. I for me, I would definitely be the kind of person to say, buy it on release, play the vanilla, see how you like it, and then come back later and then do and do the mods. That's just my personal philosophy. That's how I've always done these things. So, yeah.
1: And if you don't know how to add mods, uh, we can do a tutorial later. But it's very simple. Just download Nexus, yep, and it will go. It says a link which is gonna I guess send you straight to the Nexus mod website. Just create your account there, and it's extremely easy to just download. Add to Nexus and that's it. And it reloads the, the stuff just fine. Of course, some mods are not compatible with each other. So do your own stuff to see what works. That's how it works.
2: Yeah, they also, Steam supports mods now too, right? You can just do the less there.
1: I never tried Steam mods because Nexus is the, the big mod platform, of course. Yes, big one. But yeah, I'm sure that you can do that on Steam
0: as well. Steam has had Steam mod database for a very long time and i would even say steam is easier than nexus because nexus you have to download the program and then there's steam basically says hey this is your game these are the mods available you don't have to worry about compatibility and makes it easy for lazy people like me whereas nexus you do have to put in a, a lot of work like i wanted to play skyrim again and i did a few years ago but i remember it took me like three or four days to get my skyrim all modded up and patched up and that sort of stuff and that's uh, As a middle aged gamer, and I don't don't have the kids like Antoine, right? Like, I, four days just to play games is not cool. cool, Until I become unemployed or disabled or something like that. So, I'm going to use a mod again. Oh, to give some color to what Antoine said, right? So, the big thing about AMD, right, is that with NVIDIA, right, they have a technology called ray tracing. And ray tracing, if you're not familiar with it, makes games look nice in terms of light and stuff. Now, the problem with Starfield using AMD is that all the NVIDIA people cannot use ray tracing. AMD has their own individual ray tracing solution, which is not called ray tracing, which is only available for AMD cards. So this is the problem, right? That is why so many people are angry about it. And me being an AMD fan, even though I have an NVIDIA card, right? I think that's good. That's smart, right? To give you an example as well, right? All the Dooms were AMD exclusive, right? So when you play Doom with an AMD card, and you play with an NVIDIA card, you could have an old AMD card and it would still run way better than an NVIDIA card just because that's how it's optimized. I was looking at numbers, which is which is my third story for today. But for example, Doom Eternal, when an AMD card at 4K Ultra would run at 150 frames per second with a mid to high range AMD card, for an NVIDIA card to get that same frames per second and look beautiful, you'd need a 1500 to $2,000 graphics card. For an AMD card, we'd need like a $900 $800 card. So this is the problem. This goes into Adam's talks. You should go back and listen to previous episodes about exclusivity, which is it does harm people, right? And it does, so if me as an Nvidia user, there'll be things on Starfield I can't enjoy. I'll never be able to get Starfield looking as beautiful as an AMD card or running as efficiently because unless I dump a whole lot of money into a new graphics card, that's pretty much it. and. But this is a competitive, right? It just encourages people to buy AMD graphics cards and AMD's had, they've been backing the cash, so the Ryzen Frost been doing so well, so good for them. And NVIDIA is moving on to open AI, chat ChatGPT stuff anyway. You guys can blame NVIDIA.
2: Yeah. I heard people were complaining just because the, was it Jedi? No, it was it Jedi Survivor and The Last of Us uh, PC port were both AMD spe- or both designed for AMD and both of those had bad launches on PC. So people were like, there's a history here <laughs> that we're concerned about, so.
0: Yeah, the, my friend that took world, I took, mean, he has a top of the end or last generation top of the end graphics card. And he has had issues with his AMD card for a while. And this is in large part due to the, what AMD's been on the back foot for a long time. So games haven't been optimizing for AMD. So now they're just only catching up. All right, Adam, what is your second story?